Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I'm your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he can feel his fingerprints moving, it's Arturo Zurita! What's up, guys? That's a spoiler, dude. That's not that's a, a spoiler. That's a spoiler for Mute, the most underrated movie on Netflix. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, it comes from one of the uh, dystopian? It's not dystopian. Yeah. Uh, sci-fi. Mute's I think you dystopian. could argue it's dystopian. Annihilation's not dystopian. An- yeah, no, you know, I mean, I guess people who are... Re- Game re- somebody, somebody got really on my case on a YouTube video I made a while I back should. when I described Mad Max as dystopian. So I, I guess we should really... Do- we should describe it as a wonderful paradise. It's definitely not <laughs> a horrific altar world. Biblical times. <laughs> Nah, I'm excited to be here. This is episode 20! 20! We did it! We are at 20 (laughs) intercuts. Intercut is now a year away from being able to legally drink in America. It's true. But it can buy a... Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Five more spam comments. Uh, Yeah, this is episode of 20 of Intercut. We're making this a special one for all of y'all. Gonna get into some Q and A's. Answer those Q's with our A's, blah, 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 in a bit. Uh, thank you for submitting your questions. We'll get to them soon. We're also talking about Alex Garland's Annihilation and bringing on a good friend to do that with us. Mm-hmm. But first, we start with the thing we start with every week, what we've been watching. Art, what have we been watching? Uh, well, I know what you <laughs> don't like. But I did actually see something that I did like. It's called Everything Sucks. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. Everything Sucks was good, apparently. Everything Sucks was great. Exactly, yeah. I know It was all these articles talking about, yo, everything sucks, sucks. <laughs> everything sucks, yeah, it does. And I was like, oh, that's... It's like, tough when you name your title something like that. Right, it yeah, makes exactly. The headline's very easy. Yeah, exactly. And then you click on the article and they don't even hate it that much. You're like, <laughs> wow, you're trying real hard on that uh, headline. Right. So I was like a little dismayed about it. I was like, I guess I, I guess that ain't gonna be that good, right? The trailer kind of like half played. I found it interesting. I thought it looked like Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, it's Freaks got and Geeks. Yeah, but instead of Freaks and Geeks, which is in high school, this one's also in high school. That for whatever reason they're tinier. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to watch it. I played it. Binged the whole thing. Wow. In one night. How many is- episodes is it? Nine, maybe oh. eight. I don't know. Uh, I want to say it was episode seven or eight. Uh, maybe there's ten. I don't know what it was, but one of the later episodes really got to me. It just, I was like, oh, okay. This episode cemented it. It surprised me in the first episode because I remember seeing the trailer and then the first episode tells you what what's really going on. And I didn't know that's the way it was going. And I was like, did so they it's one of those tra- TV shows that kind of reveals itself by the end of the pilot. Bro, you know, yeah, like, imagine like in Lost, right? They're like... <laughs> on an island, but they never told you the plane crash, and then you see the first episode, you're like, excuse well, me? I mean, Lost had one of those, too, where a the plane bit. crashes, and then, wait a second, there's also a monster on right. the island? It, I'm not saying it's as crazy as Lost, don't get me there, but... It, it, also, it, like, 10-year-old's pilot spoiler. Exactly. <laughs> it caught me off guard, and uh, I was like, oh, okay, so this is where we're getting it. I thought it handled that subject really well, but then they're also filmmakers. Like, the kids are filmmakers who are in AV club, and I was like... I, they're obsessed with blockbuster. It's like, all right, now you just right. I'm biased to it. What yeah. I'm giving it is is, is a few Stranger Things in there too. Better than Stranger Things for me. 
Well, I mean, like, 90s, you know, Stranger Things, I'm assuming, 90s, is a completely different 80s, genre. I'm just talking 80s. about that, like, nostalgia thing. Oh, no, yeah, no, no 1,000%. You and I that's would what I'm have saying. more nostalgia for the 90s, given Exa- our age. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So it worked for me. Like I said, episode 8, I thought was fantastic. I liked the characters. The whole dynamic between the principal and the kid's mom, I thought was fantastic. Yeah. It's that set up for a season two. I thought it was a fun show. Highly recommend it. But there was something you watched. I watched it, too. I'm going to be like the title of the movie. <laughs> All right. So there's a movie that came out, um, I want to say 2009. Yeah, I think and, so. And, you know, it took a lot of people by surprise. It's this small movie, especially for a sci-fi film. One person, basically, in its cast. Moon yeah. was just this, like, revelation for me when oh, I saw cool. it. it. It's a really, really ingenious, like flip on on like science fiction and the these like containment stories and these double stories i thought it w- it showed really really i I, sh- I thought it showed a really really innovative filmmaker who was going to give us a lot of good stuff yes. i liked source code a lot too okay good good i was about to say because yeah. i really like source code yeah i think you know like for a one-two punch to debut that's yeah. an amazing way to start off your career shows but you're then not duncan nepotism. jones took on warcraft Got lost for like six years, and now he's back with Mute. Mute is apparently a follow-up to Moon in that, like, it kind of takes place in the same universe. It does. But that's pretty much where the similarities between the two ends. Stop. Uh, whereas <laughs> one is like a really tension-filled, contained thriller that makes you question, like, what is the meaning of all this future tech? Mute is this, like, odd... Uh, Berlin goes to uh, Blade, Blade, eh, Blade Runner goes to Berlin thing where mm-hmm. a Amish bartender who can't talk yes hence mute go goes on the run for a girl he kind of knows <laughs> who and meanwhile there's like a Paul Rudd character who's a mean surgeon I don't know man there's like little to no redeeming value I tweeted about how uh, every character that we get introduced to is less likable than the last one. And it, it just, like, I didn't want to spend any more time in the world. It it bothered me so much, it made me like Moon less. Whoa, take it easy, buddy. Oh, my God. I I don't know, man. I What happened to Duncan Jones? This is his Southland Tales. I don't know what that means. Richard Kelly, Donnie Darko director, put out that weird, like, the Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Justin Timberlake sci-fi movie that got booed at Khan. Okay, fine. That's a film Twitter <laughs> reference. Anyway, I hated Mute. It's my least favorite movie I've seen so far this Dang. year. And, and we've already talked about Cloverfield Paradox on this podcast. So, yeah, so that's my thing. I, I feel like he saw Cloverfield Paradox and he's like, wait a minute, I could just make connecting stories? There's no reason for them to connect. You're 1,000%. There's no reason for them to it's connect. It's really shoehorned it. And you brought up one of the best points. It's not just that the worlds don't connect. You, I'm pretty sure, the person, or if it wasn't you, I've heard it multiple times. Is this the same director? It's that's the weirdest movie. part, right? It's the hard big. to believe. The, the, the instincts seem completely different here. 1,000%. Yo, I wrote a note while watching this because that's what us film people do. Naturally. <laughs> we, we annotate. Can you explain to me why they overemphasize everything? They can't say a joke. There was a joke about uh, why did he stay? Oh, he joined a sorority. Uh, what was the sorority? Do you remember what it was? It was like, uh, I'm going to be a... Uh, 
wanna be a daddy or something like that. Yeah, pa- papa or something. Like oh, that. oh, wanna be a papa. That's yeah. what it was. Wanna be a papa. And I have the subtitles on, so I see the hyphens, right? Later on, though, he's just like, in case he didn't get the joke. Literally 20 minutes after the joke was delivered. All right, good night. Oh, and by the way, that joke? Wanna be a papa? <laughs> Don't say that again. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it has none of the, like, really graceful touches. Subtlety? Of and, and it just... I think that it has... A really interesting future tech vision. Like, there's some future tech there that was I, cool, yeah, but it's I agree. all completely uh, tangential to the story itself. Like, there's that drone food delivery thing, which is cool and like does sort like of become it. a plot point. But it's like, Amazon. It's yeah, that's Amazon. It's it's not really like a. It's not really a, a, as What's as intertwined as like Gertie's stuff in the yeah. movie. I don't know. I, it was a huge disappointment for me because I've been waiting for this movie since I saw Moon, basically, because he's been teasing yeah. it since then. And, and there was little I liked here at all. Uh, I, I don't know, man. It, you don't like big, payoff? I think... I, I thought the swimming payoff was cool. I thought the last five minutes were the only good thing about it. The the two hours that preceded it were <laughs> trash. Did, did you like the news clip? The connecting part? I... Yeah, I mean, I thought it was entertaining. In its um, own, right? In its On its own. I thought and then you questioned... You know, I thought it was kind of ridiculously shoehorned in. Oh, 1,000%. Um, I would, like, if some if it was just released as, a, like, an anonymous, anonymous YouTube video, that would be my favorite thing. That would have been better. Yeah. But it wasn't, and it was connected. Who played the, the pervert? Duck. Justin Thoreau. I was watching this the entire time, and I was like, why does that guy look so freaking familiar? Right. Right? And What's I with see that it. wig? Yeah, and then the credits roll, and I'm like, you break up with Jennifer Aniston, and you'll burn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. He was in a Star Wars movie, too. No, I, I, I mean, I agree with that. I don't, hate you. I don't hate it as much as you did. I understood the character uh, that, what's his name, plays? Is it his best character? Absolutely Alexander not. Alexander Skarsgård? Yeah, I got why he was the way he was growing up in an Amish community. He hates the technology part of it, even though it hurt him. And so it's like, buddy, get it through your head. But he doesn't because he still feels something. I get the conflict there. Is it still a boring character? Yes. Did you find that despite the fact that he is mute, he is unable to talk? It's not like a choice for him. Mm-hmm. Did you find that he was like, going out of his way to not communicate to people. He he had that notepad. He really he did. That Blue's Clues. <laughs> no, I mean, I get what you're saying, because then I, I saw your tweet, and I was like, all right, I see. I, I kind of get it. I still feel like the socially awkward. It shouldn't. It's laziness at a certain point, because I get what yeah. you're saying. At certain points, he literally just doesn't say something when he really could. And, oh, my goodness, it sets up a worse scenario. It's like, okay, he's mute, not dumb. Exactly. <laughs> right? But... <laughs> the movie as a whole didn't work. I agree with you that Paul Rudd came straight out of Wet Hot American Summer and just decided to come into this movie for whatever reason made no sense to me, but whatever. Again, it's another Netflix movie that tries to go super dystopian. So uh, I'm going to switch the topic for just a quick second because there was sort of like a narrative developing on Twitter when this started ki- coming out and it got like pretty much almost all negative reviews. Uh, there's this narrative that is a Netflix release, a Netflix original, getting this connotation of being bad between this and Cloverfield Paradox? You you don't believe that? 
and what else? So this closure paradox. What else? I think there's exactly. Other... What about Mudbound? What about I... all the other ones? This yeah. is this is that case of picking and choosing what you want to use as an example. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you can you can totally say no. It's not. It's not. You can totally not. like make a case like, oh, there oh, are bright, bad bright, movies bright, on Netflix. Actually, yeah, actually there's bright, also yeah. great movies on Netflix. Like, <laughs> exactly. That's the thing is that they're deciding to put the most. They're deciding to put the most on the movies that suck. Mm-hmm. If December was bright, right? Out of all the movies that they released, what did they put all their everything on? Bright. Mm-hmm. January or February, whatever, whatever. January, Cloverfield Paradox. And they release a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. But they said, you know what? Let's pick the worst of the worst. Let's pick the worst of the worst. And let's pick the worst of the worst with Mute as well for February. So whose fault is that? That's on dumb. Now, right. of course, they're the biggest gambles because they reach more people. And, and we're talking, you know, Transformers logic. Mm-hmm. Right? They do. Bright supposedly is the biggest movie of 2017. According to Netflix. <laughs> According to Netflix. According to Netflix. So I think that's what they're doing. It three times. Right. So for these three movies that are getting tar- targeted, to, it's not that they're getting targeted, it's that you made them high profile movies. So you mm-hmm. are obviously going to see the negativity more. But for every one of those, you got your Mudbound. You got your Mayorwitz stories. You got all the other ones that you. Wait a minute. Should probably give them as much attention as you gave these three. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I saw that narrative developing, and it just sort of seemed like it, nonsense to me. I mean, yeah, there's definitely a case to be made that, like, not every movie on Netflix is going to be great. But so what? Not every movie that the studios put out is great either. Not every movie exactly. that A24 puts out. One of my hey, favorite hey, studios Hey, hey, great. hey, you are right. <laughs> and that's the A24 guy sending their hereditary. <laughs> Not oh, so listening. happy with me saying that. Anyway, we are moving on, and instead of our usual yay or nays, we're going to get to the interview, giving you all a chance to ask us questions here on Intercut. Uh, we want to make this a semi-regular thing, so, yeah, so if you make like sure it, let us know. Leave us comments in the future, and we might just make it like a short tail end of the podcast, but mm-hmm. we got a lot of questions from you guys, mainly through Art's community post. Uh, so thanks for all of you who are coming over from the ATZ show. Hi, I'm Zach. Uh, it's nice to meet you. Good guy. <laughs> it's, it's, I guess it was, it's worth starting with Frankie asks, who is us? Uh, Art, who is us? I mean, it, it was this on my community thing? Yeah, yeah. Ah, well, you know me. I'm that Mexican who's a <laughs> SJW uh, Republican. Yep. But Zach. Yeah, uh, I am Zach Shevich. I do this podcast thing on YouTube. I used to do a thing called Multiplex, and I do it less now, but I still want to do that. Um, I also do a lot of writing about movies and some producing of movie type of things. Uh, You might have seen me on movietickets.com or read me in Time Out. So... Uh, I he does the real things. <laughs> I've been I do the YouTube to. stuff, but he does the real stuff. Yeah, I, sh- but, I think uh, what they want to know is how we met. Yeah, uh, so I think we both started our YouTube channels around the same time. I remember us basically being like even in like 100 subscribers. Territory. We're like racing to 100. Yeah, uh, I got to and, 69 first. Uh, Art actually reached out to me. Uh, someone randomly went through my channel, just like giving me a bunch of. Uh, dislikes I remember on my page and you were like oh, oh man yeah. uh, I you know I saw that someone did that so I went through and I gave you a bunch of thumbs up that's that's shitty and uh, like I, he didn't know this at the time but that actually kind of really bothered me that someone would like go out of their way to do this to this tiny channel like yeah. what did I ever do to them we're so, used to it now <laughs> yeah now now we now are, it's just just like it, it's, still at zero what the heck someone disliked this <laughs> 
I know it's it's suspicious now when we don't get a it's dislike. It's suspicious. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, and we've just been cool since then. Uh, Art's one of the good movie guys here on YouTube because there's so a lot of people who, <laughs> who talk like they know shit or they care about it, but uh, there's a lot of people who are just sort of not thinking and just trying to make themselves seem smart. So uh, I've always enjoyed Art's content because he finds ways to make your time valuable uh, through his videos. So. It's been nice to keep this relationship up, and I'm glad we're talking Thanks, to movies man. every week now. All right. He writes all my videos. Yeah, that how you know. <laughs> we just knew for diversity's sake it would help me. To be... I wouldn't mind starting that rumor. Oh, that would be funny. Watch, that's what I'm going to get. Uh, excuse me, but why isn't Zach in the credits of this video? <laughs> nah, but yeah, we've, we've gone back since, like, yo, since we both started our channels, and then eventually, you know, from different things that we've started, and he's done a lot of writing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Danica, we've stayed, we've stayed in touch. He's come yeah. over to Chicago. I've come over to him. So yeah, that's yeah, cool. We've been able to see each other in each other's hometown. So it's been great. Mm -hmm. Tevya asks, "What is your favorite moment from Black Panther?" Ooh, do you have one? A moment in particular. I mean, I think I was just so intrigued whenever Michael B. Jordan was on screen. I'm trying I, to think of which one exactly. Um, like. Uh, maybe it's when he challenges T'Challa. Maybe it's that whole like that whole like I'm a kid from Oakland monologue. Like he's just so like badass there. I don't know. Yeah. So I want to say for me, it's between when he challenges T'Challa and he takes off his shirt and you go, <laughs> yeah, splash. <laughs> as a straight as man, you just go, oh. <laughs> and it's that scene. At, it's that, yeah. Holy smokes! It's that scene at the end. Towards the end, when he says, "Who would it?" Uh, uh, man, I love that line. When I was making the video for uh, for my Black Panther video, without spoiling yeah. too much, when he's saying, "Who would have thought that kid from Oakland would have been believing in fairy tales?" And yeah. I'm since I again really, I'm honestly a huge Ryan Coogler fan. I'm like, brah, people don't get that even in the biggest blockbusters, a good director finds a way to make it super personal. It's sort of like when he's seeing the sunset and he's going. That kid from Oakland would have been believing in fairy tales, and you literally got a kid from Oakland, Ryan Coogler, who directed this mm -hmm. this movie. Like I was like, that that's mine. It's that's Telling mine. fairy tales. That's mine. Yeah, that's mine. You know what? If I close my eyes, I kind of think of that shot. Like in my mind, I was like, that's like the Lion King shot. Like Simba, look at all this. But yes, it, <laughs> it's, it's where the sun touches. Yeah, but it you know it, it is one of the most gorgeous moments in that movie. So it I'm with dope. you. For me even though it is one of those big loud movies, I actually really liked it for some of the more quiet moments where mm -hmm. uh, people are talking. Reggie, another Black Panther question. He asked us is Killmonger a better villain than Loki? Uh, I'll answer this first just cuz I'm not like a huge Loki fan. I know he yeah. was like a a big hit with a lot of the Marvel community, but I I just found him less snarky than, er, I don't know. Yeah. No, less I see snarky you. than Thor? I don't know. I see. No, for me, uh, for me, more it's snarky. Killmonger more. Killmonger was yeah. more impacting. All of you all have Loki in his second movie, Avengers. That's when you guys liked him. Uh, he was fine in Thor. When he becomes the main villain is when it's like, oh, Loki right. became this huge thing. No spoilers. And I like him as Killmonger kind of like a recurring in the Marvel exactly. Universe. But so it, it is different said, to say... Or go ahead. Sorry. We said last week that, I mean, Killmonger might be the best comic book movie villain in years. I, I For me, mm -hmm. it's best since maybe Doc Ock or something. Uh, it's in Lex Luthor, you know. He's still <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. <laughs> no, yeah, no. 
for being in just one movie and his story arc from beginning to end that you see. And again, you also got to think of it. What did we also, what was one of our biggest complaints? He's also out of the movie for like 40% of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And you're so waiting you, for him to show up. So you have to play that ratio game of, well, dang, with that much less screen time, we're comparing him to freaking Loki who's been like in four or five movies already? Exactly. Yeah, that like, speaks for itself. It, he's fresh in our minds, but he he's gonna make a lasting impact. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and so yes, yeah, so he's second to uh, to uh, the destroyer from Thor two. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna throw out the Joker because I mentioned uh, Doc Ock, and I think the Joker was since well, then. 2008. So I don't want yeah, but uh, that, that's a decade ago. That's me. a decade ago. That's a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. Unless Mad- you mean unless you mean the good Joker. <laughs> The Jared Leto Joker? Get, no, I, the Lego Batman Joker. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. Uh, Magma asks, which movie do you think had more of an impact, Black Panther or Wonder Woman? Black Panther. Yeah, I mean, I think Black Panther, you see just by its box office results, it is a One bigger deal already. Uh, it mm-hmm. made another $100 million plus domestically this weekend. Uh, yeah. So it crossed the 400 million line. And I think there's more of an argument to be made that there are fewer big movies, big budget movies starring uh, predominantly black casts than there mm-hmm. are female-led movies. It's, it's a big deal. We had the both, Ghostbusters but... and, the, and yeah, and everything else as well. But Exactly. Let me rephrase it a bit. I will say that it is the bigger movie. I liked it more and I liked the director more. And you brought up a fact, which is the box office. Right. Excuse me. But I'll rephrase it by saying... All that matters is what was the bigger movie to you. If there was a little girl who saw Wonder Woman, right, and said, whoa, and that changed her life, then that's the bigger movie. Who cares yeah. box office? Who cares about anything else? There's a little black kid who sees Black Panther and goes, whoa, has that same feeling that I had when I saw Spider-Man in those movies or whatever it is, what I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> watching Coco literally right now on my age. Someone right. got that, then... That's the biggest movie for you. So exactly. Yeah. One movie Black doesn't Panther, yeah. take away from another. It's like, exactly. It's Whatever wins the Oscar, who cares? What movie impacted you the most in 2017? That's really what matters. Uh, Steven asks, what movie do you... Oh, excuse me. Uh, I skipped over Rob's question. I'm going to go back to that. All right. Rob asks, does the success of Black Panther mean we will finally get a solo Mace Windu film? So I think we want a Lando movie first. Lando right? won... Thousand percent first, <laughs> but I think actually that we're getting that's more reliant on the success of Solo. Uh, I think that the success of Black Panther means we're going to get a lot more Black mm-hmm. Hero movies. I don't know if it's going to yeah. be Mace Windu. I mean, I want that Lando I don't, movie. I don't really care for the prequels that much, but if we're talking about a side character who I want to spin off for, definitely Lando Calrissian. So yeah, maybe if we get another Childish Gambino album, they'll have no choice. Maybe. Rakim asks, which of this year's Oscar-nominated movies should I bootleg from the corner store? <laughs> I'm going to take some liberties with this question and assume this means Rakim wants to know which of the Oscar-nominated movies least deserves financial support because we all know the only appropriate way to watch the movies is by paying through them through legal means. Right, Art? Rakim, you don't mean the corner store. You mean the paletero man who walks around with the ice cream and goes, I got the bootleg. I see you on that. Yes, 1,000%. Put the little subtext there. I think what he means, what's the best movie for your time? Uh, 
if you if you're willing to go that route, I feel like it's gonna be Dunkirk. But at the same time, Dunkirk ain't a one day you gotta bootleg. If you miss Dunkirk in theaters, you miss Dunkirk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like right? depends on depends on the quality of your bootleg. If we're really well, talking thing bootleg, too. yeah, <laughs> like Dunkirk. Like not you got a go head, <laughs> like, like you got the head covering up half the movie. <laughs> you got the added commentary from the person sitting behind. Um, uh, yeah, Dunkirk's. I mean, Chip I Water. Then. Get Out is the best bank for you. Oh, bank. Get Out is Get Out nominated for best picture. Why do Bro? I keep? We made a video on this. Why do I keep? Get Out is that movie where every time I keep, I have like a it's daily. It's also the fact that it's been out for a year already. It seems crazy. Oh, Get Out, one thousand percent. Make sure you get the super bootleg version with the commentary from alternate <laughs> ending. Alternate ending, everything on there with, with like people yelling in the background, yeah. and all the gasps and screams. So yeah, go ahead. Uh, Steven asks, which movie deserves to win Best Picture? We covered this in our previous episode. Mm -hmm. uh, we believe it's the movie we were just talking about, Get Out. Get so out. if you want to hear a little bit more about why we think that, go ahead and check out episode 19 mm -hmm. of The Intercut. Chandler asks, why do movies affect us? Well, you see, as the music plays and you zoom in on me, movies are just images of our soul that through 24 frames a second get played and remind us as vivid as a memory. For those of you who have seen Call Me By Your Name, who see those visions of Gideon, those, is it just a video or is it a memory that's calling us into something, into this world? Uh, they're also just really cool. They're really dope, yeah. No, but yeah, I think the, for movies, pretty much it, it comes down to that. You are able to live a story that isn't yours for a little bit. And yeah. sometimes you're able to relive or act out something in your life that calls back a memory and you go, oh, for me, I will say it personally, I love seeing movies to enter a world and being like, oh, I get it. I made a big deal. I made a video with the Black Panther talking about that specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, and and how mm -hmm. literally the way you, I don't know if you remember, like I think movies are a big deal to, uh, I forget what the movie was. I think it was Midnight Cowboy or whatever. They literally mm -hmm. snort, they showed you how to snort coke and then right. everybody learned how to snort coke because of that movie. Right. I think they're influential. But for me, it's sometimes I want to explain something, and while I want to say that I'm a really good explainer, I feel like sometimes explaining but feeling that emotion are two different things, and I think a movie is the perfect way to really get that emotion. Feel the emotion. Yeah, That's sometimes you want to, like, show someone, not just tell someone, you know? And uh, I think movies are movies the medium are the way through to which do we it. can do that. I, it's always uh, really nice thing to see elements of yourself reflected in somebody else. Uh, I think we all kind of like like the idea of not feeling alone, but there's, there's also the idea of escape too, you know. Uh, movies really took off during the Great Depression and people were going to the movies looking for a way to entertain themselves, find some escape from the sadness of their lives. Exactly. So, uh, I think, yeah, we, we are affected by movies they can because they can show us versions of ourselves or alternative versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And Bessa asks, which movie would you recommend to people who want to learn more about cinema? And do you have any book recommendations about cinema directors or actors? Uh, I'll give you two. One is this indie film. I, you can order it off Amazon. I don't know where else you can find it in streaming. It's called Living in Oblivion. I think Living in Oblivion is a very good movie about indie filmmaking to the core. And I think that alone will give you the like true environments of what you would do, you know, because not all of us can just make a blockbuster film, but you can make something like Living in Oblivion. I would highly recommend that, Living in Oblivion. Um, 
Save the Cat is a book that a lot of people always recommend to me and a lot of people have go-tos in terms of mm-hmm. writing. So I would say if you need a book, that one. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really good books out there um, that it's hard to recommend like a one above them all. I know I've been reading uh, TV, the book in the background beside me, but okay. that's for TV. It talks about some of the best movie, uh, TV shows that are out there. That's still uh, I, I would generally say like look up uh, stuff by film critics if that are good and mm-hmm. if they have a book out there it's worth your while I've read a few uh, there's a recent one by Anne Hornaday called How to Watch Movies that I think talks a lot about uh, the reasons that we like certain things even though it's coming from a critic's perspective I think it'll teach you a lot from uh, for, from a filmmaker's point of view of what to shoot for when you're making a movie uh, as read for it? movies uh, Anne Hornaday yeah, the Anne Hornaday book started to read it um, Shoot, man! You give me a recommendation. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, I think what was it called? Uh, how to watch movies. Okay, how to watch movies. Man, shoot, y'all asking questions. I should be asking how to watch movies. <laughs> um, but right. as for movies that will teach you about cinema, I mean, the thing is, I think any movie can teach you like a little bit about cinema. It's Good like point. nice to like, point. take like little bits here and there. Uh, if you're looking for like movies that are kind of about filmmaking, I've always really loved uh, Adaptation, the Charlie Kaufman written film ah, starring Nicolas Cage. That's a good one. It kind of like breaks apart what we think mm-hmm. of as a normal adaptation. It's very yeah. self-referential, uh, but you know, there's there's a lot of great ones out there. So uh, you can't <laughs> disaster <really go> artist. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly, honestly the disaster kind of. artist. It, I think it's really informative on all, on the ways that a film can go wrong. Go wrong. So if that's one of the things that you're worried about, tr- like it's oh, the indecisiveness, hey. it's the right. uh, irritability, and the way that it, filmmaking really is a collaborative medium, mm-hmm. and the disaster artist gets at that very well. End up in a film set, and then when you start realizing you're acting like Tommy Wiseau, do the opposite. Boom, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Mashad asks, how do you get these great opinions about movies? Is it only by watching good movies? Well, Mashad. Uh, no, <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, no, I think you and I both agree. Sometimes yeah. you need to watch the bad ones to truly appreciate the good ones. I'm huge on that. When you meet horrible people in your life, guess who you're going to appreciate? The best people in your life. I think it's not just watching movies and a lot of movies. It's re-watching movies. Mm-hmm. Figuring out. Why, and we were talking about Annihilation. We're going to talk about an, Annihilation in a bit. But I've seen a lot of people who really love the movie. They have absolutely no idea why. And I've, <laughs> I've seen people who hate the movie and they don't know why either. And I think there's a testament to that and observing that in and of itself. So it's watching movies, but a lot of it has been response to movies. I've observed everything I can. We're talking about books. We're talking about movies. We're talking about reception. I think observe as much as possible. And just like everything... You don't just work out once, you work out repeatedly. You don't just go to school for a year, you go to school repeatedly. So the same thing if you want to craft film, I feel like film criticism, but like, I guess your film knowledge, it would be to continuously do it over and over again. Always consistently talk movies. Maybe you don't have people around you, that's fine. My man right here lives in New York. And you guys watch this show. You make, you find a way to make it happen. You find other people. And the more that you get involved in it, uh, you not only learn more about film, knowledge but your own style your own opinion Mm -hmm. of it as well which i think is very important yeah i mean i think it's definitely worth noting that like you can learn a lot from bad movies i will say though that i think there's some people who go out of their way to watch everything 
and would be better suited by going out and watching some of the classics. You know, you don't necessarily hey, need, true. Yeah, yeah. need to see like the the new release. Ever. You don't need to see Red Sparrow. It'd be better if you hey, see the time hey. to go back. Have and you watch. seen it? I haven't, so I, I don't want to comment specifically. Dare you? But I, I get don't what he's necessarily saying. think it's going to be the cinematic lore, but right. uh, yeah. So <laughs> I'd say uh, that's a that's a big thing on developing opinions. And for me, I know I've become a lot more confident and thoughtful in my opinions just by the exercise of expressing them. Uh, doing this podcast with art, doing videos of my own, writing reviews. Um, my reviews are much better than when I started. Primarily because I've been writing reviews for a long time now. So Exa yeah, exactly. Consistency. Doing, doing it. Uh, Jabbar asks, why are movie soundtracks important to a movie? Not scores, soundtracks. He says soundtracks. Right. Uh, I'm gonna name the two that really have impacted me the last uh, couple of years: uh, mm -hmm. Creed and Creed and Black Panther, both from Ryan Coogler. And I think the reason you you why it's Ryan Coogler, it shows you that the director knows the impact or his team, whoever is orchestrating, mm -hmm. it knows the impact of it because a lot of people, one of the biggest complaint was like, Black Panther didn't even have all the sounds in the, well, of course, because it's not High School Musical 2, another great soundtrack, by the way. Uh, it shows you that I, it's a bonus, right? Like a lot of people was like, oh, they weren't even in the movie. What was yeah. the point of it? What was the point of it? That's extra work. How would you ever bash extra work that means they made extra stuff as an addition to the movie yeah i mean when you listen to like the movie's score i know we're talking about soundtracks yeah. but the score is always the pieces are longer than what they actually use well, in the movie it, but it hey, creates the yeah. atmosphere and it creates the world mm -hmm. and it i think especially you look at uh the kendrick lamar black panther album and he really does embody that world and let you live in that atmosphere a little bit mm -hmm. uh, whether it's using sounds from the movie naming characters mm, from the, movie. the drums yeah uh so yeah i would say for that one it allows you it adds to the movie which is never a bad thing it's like mm -hmm. extra footage in a movie it's extra music i think it builds up on that world it gives you a sound it gives you an atmosphere and that's what i think ryan coogler has completely mastered and i wish i wish more movies did that i wish more movies did this where i understand things like uh that are the things that are musicals uh, obviously, they're going to have a soundtrack, and they're incorporated. And you know, La La Land, even Greatest Showman, is a, is a guilty pleasure. That, that adds to it as well. Um, but I really think it builds off of that. Frozen, a lot, a lot of musicals like that, cartoons, they really build off of of that. But I really like it when I re I really like the style Ryan Coogler has, where he's not going to force them onto the movie. He's going to have so many extra songs to build up on this world. Right. I think that's really cool. And especially with movies that are new because of the way that they've traditionally been released, you know, Black Panther's not going to be on DVD for several months. And if you want that feeling oh, that's of a really Black good Panther, yeah. you like pop and, in the soundtrack. It's like, yeah. Like, exactly. What's the best way? A song. Those yeah. emotions come rushing in. Good point. Totally. We should host a podcast together. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. Jordy asks, what's the worst movie that has the Ooh. best story i thought this was actually a really interesting question uh and i know that there's going to be better answers than the yeah. ones that i can give like I, it's a really really good question so if you have any ideas please leave in the comments below uh we'll probably answer some of them on next week's show just going cool, yeah. like sort of going off the top i think like the easiest way to answer this question is uh bad biopics right because like Oh, yeah. Some, you know, there's some bad 
biography stories out there, but and that are usually based on really, really interesting stories. Mm -hmm. Like I remember uh, Angelina Jolie's Un what is it, Unbroken? Like that dude's life is really, really, really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> he is, he's an American hero. He really is. That's a, like a, a medalist at the Olympics and a yeah. war hero and survived torture. And that movie is. There's no blood. Ah, <laughs> uh, so like, that's probably what my answer would be. Something like Unbroken or something like J. Edgar, which I didn't like. I know mm -hmm. you're a bigger fan of J. Edgar, but like. He, oh, I'm a, a bigger fan of Clint Eastwood. J. Edgar's still playing in the background. That movie don't end. <laughs> Okay, good, good. Uh, yeah, he, you know, he's a he's a really interesting figure, and that movie is not was, so. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think bad biopics is the easiest way to answer this question. Uh, there's a movie called I want to say it's My Brother's Keeper. It's this little it's a little Christian film that I saw back in the day, and I was like, oh, this thing is so corny. It takes place like in the 50s, 60s. Uh, I'm gonna spoil it right now, real quick, to really answer your question because this this one's always stuck with me. Uh, because it takes place in the 50s, 60s, you give it the liberties of what it does. It's these two twins, and um, one of them is like this really just bad dude. He, no one likes him, while the mm. other one is is like top tier, right? So you got your both twins. You're like Cain and Abel almost in a sense. And one of them, uh, the the good one, is dating a girl, and he kind of gets in a fight with this dude, and the dude accidentally dies, but it wasn't like his fault. So the good brother goes to jail, if I'm remembering the movie correctly. The the twin then decides to change his ways and becomes a pastor because that's what his original brother wanted to be. I, I haven't seen this movie, but they've definitely parodied it on Arrested Development. Have they? <laughs> All right. So the thing is, is that this brother ends up getting the death penalty. And this brother's trying to cheer him up at all times. And, and more and more, obviously, since he's in jail, it gets yeah. worse and worse. And he's mm. just like, forget it. Forget God. Forget everything. And this guy gets his degree, his whatever you get to become a pastor, his uh, whatever the it movie. is. In theology, yeah. And he becomes, the, he becomes the priest who, on the execution day, goes to speak to the brother, <laughs> right? To, like, to, to, to yeah. you know, say whatever he needs to do. And obviously, it's the <laughs> 60s. And he goes in there and he sedates the brother. Since they're twins, dresses up as the brother, and he's the one who dies in place of his brother. Because he's like, I was always going to be a mess if there was nothing. For I was like, some may laugh at it, but for whatever reason, I was like, what? I can see that being done really cool. Right? If someone did this movie really crazy, this would have one of those crazy, like if it was done well, the ending would have been more impactful. But it being like a very low budget Christian film, I was like, "All right, this is a movie. This is garbage is." And then I see that ending, and I'm like, "Oh, oh!" So I was, I was like, maybe a story like this could be done pretty well. So I think I'd pick that one. Watch awesome. my brother's keeper. I think it's at the dollar store. That's literally <laughs> where I picked it up. Uh, Freddie asks, "Can there ever be a perfect movie? Does it already exist? What would make the perfect movie perfect?" Space Jam's already perfect, and I think we'll continue making it perfect, like you said with Mute, which ruined Moon for you, is to not make a Space Jam 2. Now, it's That's... all subjective. It's all up to you. I've said this multiple times. There are movies that you like, and because mm -hmm. you like them, what you like about it, I probably won't. Yeah. There are movies that I like, right? Or, or there, let's say there's a movie, and I hate that they covered that perspective. That perspective just so happens to be yours. So right. it would, you get what I mean? That's why we have differences yeah. in movies, so it's good. 
Yeah, I mean, it, I think uh, Freddie mentioned this further on in his comment. I didn't read the whole thing that, you know, movies are really subjective. And I think because of that, you can't really call anything perfect. Like maybe something is right, you're gonna have that to you. But... You're going to have that Armand White who <laughs> comes out. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, there, there's the, the problem is that, like, I think we don't talk, we, we talk too much in these absolutes, you know. There's always slight imperfections that don't necessarily mean something's bad, just not mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. Big Daddy Cream Cheese asks, hey. How do you deal with people on the left calling you Nazi KKK member and people on the right calling you a liberal SJW snowflake? I'll take this one, Art. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> that, this is not my problem. This is <laughs> not something that's ever happened to me. <laughs> he just gets called SJW. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you or, actually uh, have an answer? Politically child, a politically a child. That's oh it. yeah, we're we're impotent children. That's that is true. That's uh, true. Art, how do you deal with it? I don't know. I just drink a Dr Pepper and I make on the next video. That's it. Stun keep on going him. forward. Dab on him. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Virgil asks in our last question of the interview. Last question. What is your favorite movie of all time? Space Jam. Space Jam's a great one. I, yeah, I it mean, is. I, I can't really argue with it because I have that huge nostalgia. Right? Am place. I wrong? No. At, I mean, at, at any point in time, you can put on Space Jam. But you can't put on There Will Be Blood. <laughs> you just play Space Jam anywhere. Yeah. Give me it, one place where you, you can't can play it Space at, Jam. On at a party. You, a I party. Mean, at a wedding. It's a funeral. You got to cheer people up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it works. I think it works. So, <laughs> we, we have been talking for a long time, taking your questions. Thank you so much for sending them in. Make sure you leave us some more. We'll get to them mm-hmm. on further shows uh, in, in the future for the Intercut podcast. But for now, we got to move on to our topic, topic of the week. And this week for the topic of the week, we're bringing on a good friend of ours, Chase Azarian. Say what up, Chase. What up? Thank you for following the commands. Uh, so yeah, Chase is on to help us break down the latest yes, from Alex Garland. He's our Alex Garland expert this week. Not even. Uh, so guys, <laughs> you remember when uh, it made news that like Mother scored that rare F from CinemaScore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought about that this week because as we've been covering previously on the podcast, people at Paramount were skittish about Alex Garland's latest sci-fi movie, Annihilation. They feared the movie was too intellectual for audiences. They feared that <laughs> Natalie Portman's character wasn't sympathetic enough. They feared oh, so much that, yeah. that they sold off the international distribution rights for Annihilation to Netflix. Mm-hmm. And now that the movie's out, I was curious how legit were Paramount's fears. Well, according to Cinema Score, it got a C, so it's not quite mother, I hate everything about this movie bad, but I think it's worth noting that Fifty Shades Freed got a B plus on Cinema Score, and Father Figures got a B minus, so uh, the bar Too is low. not not super high. Uh, still, this movie made a cool $11 million on its $40 million budget. <laughs> And it's being touted as one of the smartest sci-fi movies to come out in years. It has a great cast starring Natalie Portman. Art, can you run down a little bit what the movie's about? So pretty much Alex Garland made Ex Machina. He's like, there's not enough females in this movie. So he got this book called Annihilation, which is actually part of, it's a, it's a trilogy. My man 
read the book once. <laughs> this is from his interview. Read the book once, and he was like, yo, I should make this into a movie. Are you going to reread it? He's like, nah. I'm just going to go off of a memory. And he made this movie. It's pretty much uh, the story of this place known as Area X. They call it The Shimmer. It's pretty much under the dome. People enter it, but they never come out. And they're trying to figure out what the heck is going on in there. We'll get into spoilers in the second half of the video. But uh, Natalie Portman, uh, her boy, her husband goes in there, comes out, as you see in the trailer, but he's super messed up. And then she's like, well, I owe him. Why does she owe him? Oh, I gotta watch the movie. Goes in there, and maybe she ends up even worse than her husband. But uh, yeah, it's one of those movies where uh, if you saw Ex Machina, the ending is kind of left for you to, to think what happens next and in this movie even more it's a whole nother dilemma of like well did things even happen for real should we believe it is it an unreliable narrator uh a bunch of interpretations that could come out from it it's definitely a movie that needs to needs to be viewed more than once whether people want to view it more than once that's a whole nother thing yeah so without getting into spoilers for now uh chase what did you like about alex garland's annihilation oh uh, yeah i'll give you some background first though because uh, Ex Machina came out, you know, people loved it. 2015? Yeah. Like 2015, 2014? Yeah, so 2015. Much, yeah. It made people my time, like, I think. Yeah, people considered it one of the best, like, of the decade, one of the best of the year for sure, mm -hmm. one of the best sci-fi things to ever come out. Yep. Thought it was fine, you know? It was kind of <laughs> like just this... It was like a basic... It was like a robot movie. I, I kind like, of agree. Right, word. Yeah, it was I like, agree. okay. Uh, I mean, it wasn't bad. I just no. didn't think it was, like, anything... Amazing. So I go into this uh, not really expecting anything. Like, I didn't know what the movie was at all. I just knew Garland was behind it. Yep. I knew there was a bubble thing. That's, that's it. I didn't see, like, a trailer or anything like that. So I go in, super low expectations. Uh, almost going in just to, like, be like, all right, I'm giving this guy a second chance, uh -huh. essentially. Because I do think some of the screenwriting is pretty good. Then I see the movie. And I, it blew my fucking mind. <laughs> I thought this shit was unreal. I'm gonna get into it. All right. Bro, All right. Have you ever seen like when a Christian gets baptized and is so ecstatic <laughs> for finding Jesus? That was this man after the movie. It's <laughs> a glow. It's alright. Let's get into it. All right, he wants so, to get into it. That's why right, we it, got him it took on the two, show. It took two viewings. All right, I saw it twice. Uh huh. Because the first viewing. I considered one of the only times in my life where I sat in a theater and I had an experience. Right. Where I had an experience. Because I knew nothing. It took me out of left field. I was like, alright, there's an alligator. Alright, I guess it's one of these types of movies. And then, 45 minutes later, I'm like, okay, this is something else. Alright, I'm down. Some of the best music com combination of visuals I've ever seen in my entire life. And usually films like this, I would deem pretentious. I'm one of those people that thinks like... Uh, all right, to put it in comparison, recent Terrence Malick films. I think old Terrence Malick, he's a good guy, he's a good director. Terrence Malick, when he doesn't have a script, tends to just do random shit a lot yeah, of the time. That's true, that's true. Which I'm not a fan of. But I know me and Art have talked about before, yeah, one of our yeah. boys, Denny Villeneuve, is a man who, even if you don't oh get God. every single detail, you know that Facts. Denny Villeneuve knows every single detail. 1,000%. I think Garland for this film, fits in that type of category because there are certain things mm. that stood out to me that I completely missed on the first viewing. There are still things I don't have an answer to. There's a handful that we can get into. All right. But I think I could get something out if I see this 
three or four times. I'm going the third time probably tomorrow night for sure. <laughs> but uh, I guess we could get – do you want to talk just like technical stuff first and then we get more into yeah. like the theories yeah. and interpretation yeah. stuff like that? All right, so – I'll get the things I I don't think this is a perfect movie, even though I think it's a perfect experience. So okay. to get it right out of the way, I thought the alligator looked pretty bad, you know. Definitely could have been better CGI. The the deer looked I, pretty fake. The cinematography you know? in general though. Am I am yeah. I wrong in saying that the whole thing looks like it was out of focus? And I've saw I have seen it multiple times Maybe. as well. And I thought it just I, looked like a kid threw a LUT on for like a YouTube video almost. <laughs> I was like, you know what? It looks kinda cool though. You know what? I kinda like okay, it. Okay, yeah, I, mean, I don't we, know how much of that was just them like doing the shimmer effect, I right. guess. Right. Sure. Cool. <laughs> but yeah. at a certain point, I was like, yo, someone cleaned the screen. <laughs> now, I have a theory for it. I have a theory we'll get into spoilers. Right. But I felt like that was kind of something there. I've heard some people say, complain about the CGI effect. We see a mm. couple of monsters. I hate the fact. I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer. I saw the trailer last night to mm. edit a video, and I'm like, man, I hope I have enough. Everything. They show everything. Yeah, they Which show is why I'm glad I didn't see it. Bro, they show it. No, I'm. They, <laughs> they show, show in order. <laughs> That was the other thing that killed me. I'm like, usually I gotta edit the trailer and find a piece that we hit. They should. Yeah, no, it's in order. They did it for me. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think for, for for what Chase said, you definitely have to go into it completely blank. Mm-hmm. I think every movie should be like that, though. You should go to every movie blank, yeah. emoji movie, whatever movie it is. You have to go into it blank, and you're gonna enjoy it more because you don't have those spoilers in there. Uh, but you brought up the. Uh, if we were to split it into two halves. Mm-hmm. Do you think that first half, you really don't think it dragged? No. I, I Everyone keeps saying it is slow as hell. I'm sitting there the first half. I'm like, saying that. The first half, I'm like, what the hell is going to happen? I had no clue. It was almost like the first time I watched Gone Girl. And I'm like, okay. what? Like, Because I didn't read the books. I forgot this was based off a book when I wrote. Uh, oh, that don't matter. That don't matter. That don't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I'm someone just, I don't care about the book. It doesn't See, matter to me. This is one where Ex Machina, I think, actually had Annihilation beat for me. In that I think Ex Machina kept bringing up questions I wanted the answer to, whereas with Annihilation, you it's kind of like this big question looming over the whole movie. And I, I, I had a little bit of that, like waiting for, like, let's get going. Let's get into the shimmer, you guys. You've only seen it once, though. I've only seen it once. Watch it again. <laughs> and you realize something that, yo, let's give it like, let's give it a couple more minutes and then we get into spoilers. What else did you like about it, Chase? Uh, I thought Natalie Portman was great. I like I said, the last third is definitely the standout. I was entertained throughout, even though some people think it's drag. The drag, that's mm-hmm. fine. I was entertained throughout, while also being super thought provoking at the same time. In certain points, where I'm like, it's almost like uh, the first time I saw Inception, where I, I was like, okay, Inception. definitely missed like fifty percent of what was thrown in there. I have to see it again. This is the first time, like, Inception is one of those movies why I'm, like, even on this thing. Yeah. This is the best science fiction film I've seen since Inception by far. It has a lot of light. It's almost like there's layers, but there's layers in different things. There's, dude, it it is an onion. It's just like a sphere of layers that you're, like, picking apart. You're like, like holy shit. This is kind of genius. There's some acting where, like, Jennifer Jason Leigh, she delivers a line. She's like, what? You didn't think the comms work? I'm like, okay, that was pretty bad delivery. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't go that route. But then there's... Uh, are we talking spoilers or no? Uh, at all. Here, let me wrap up my I th- seconds okay, by non-spoiler. Go for, it, go for, it. for me, uh, I think it's a movie that, that gets better the more that you view it. But the problem with it being is that Paramount, and Zach brought it up, is a big deal. And, and people keep forgetting this. Paramount. Mm-hmm. They also did the thing with Cloverfield. Like, mm-hmm. this was all a part of their whole big thing. 
mm. the Cloverfield thing. I don't even know what other movies. This being another one where some people are screwed, they can't see this in theaters. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> even oh. if you don't like the movie, I at least you better get you the did best sound bar exactly. you could find at Best Buy. <laughs> uh, at least hate it, yeah. knowing the that you, you heard it the best way. Should, we, mm. I think we all thought in, was the, in the third act. Yeah, mm. uh, but I do kind of half agree with uh, Paramount, but that's not a bad thing. And we talked about this, Zach and I talked about this, if a movie's going to be bad, or at least not deliver in a way that's only meant for some people and not others, I'd rather it be the director's uh, fault and yeah. not mm-hmm. the studio. I do think Natalie Portman has, is not sympathetic at all <laughs> in her role, but that's the point. Yeah, I don't know if she has to be. And like I'm speaking right. from the perspective of someone who's only seen it once, the only one of us who's seen it once. I, I like being left with some of those unanswerable questions. I, I, I know that it wasn't necessarily as clear as every audience mm-hmm. member is going to want it to be. And if that's the kind of thing you're looking for in your science fiction or in your movies in general, Annihilation's not going to be that movie for you. Uh, this yeah. is going to be a movie you have to see more than once or do some reading about to fi- feel like you really wrap exactly. your head around it. But I-, I think there's enough interesting there. It raises enough intriguing questions and just has these moments that are really, really cool, like giving you some kind of like visual elements that I don't feel like I've seen in sci-fi before. Uh, that mm-hmm. made me invested enough to watch this movie through eagerly. Right. So if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. Both screenings that I saw it in, I read the theater room and I went, y'all think, it's a Saturday night, y'all think this is Predators with Girls. And the movie ended and they were mad as can be. Yeah. So the go watch audience, the movie. The exactly. audience I saw it with was definitely Same that thing. C Cinema Square Exactly. So, <laughs> so know that. Go watch it. It's a thinking man's movie. Watch a couple seasons of Rick and Morty so your intellectual ability gets higher. <laughs> and let's talk spoilers. In three, if you haven't seen it, two, because we're going to spoil it. that time below. One. This is under the skin. <laughs> it's part of the that. skin. It's, it's under, under the, the skin. skin meets Arrival meets The Thing meets Predator meets... True. Uh, there's one other one I thought I had in my head, but I completely blanked right now. But, uh... But that scene at the end yeah. is, okay. hands down, the scene from Under the Skin, trying to imitate, yeah. just like the alien Under the Skin is trying to imitate mm-hmm. and become its own thing. Um, you said you went into it. Now, I have my whole theories. Obviously, I'm going to have my whole video on it as well, mm-hmm. but I'm very curious on your thoughts to see if I missed anything, right? I When I first saw this movie, I didn't like it. I thought everything contradicted itself. It's, it's, it's garbage. It's trash. Alex Garland, however, deserves. I don't. I don't. This is why I don't release my opinions right away. <laughs> I'm gonna think about it. I'm gonna let it as they, as the Italians say, marinate. I let it marinate. Mm. <laughs> I, I listen to the interviews. I go watch it a second time. I came out of it like a born again chase over here. <laughs> <laughs> what was? What was? What did you get the first time you saw it that you got? Then, then completely changed the second time. So. This movie is all about details, and those are my favorite types of movies because that those are the ones that are most rewatchable. The first time I'm like, "Why does Oscar Isaac have a southern accent all of a sudden? Like, did I miss something?" And then I'm like, "Oh shit, he's refracting from one of his dead teammates. That's dope." I'm watching it the second time, I'm like, "That is the Mexican chick's tattoo on her thing." I'm like, "I don't know how I missed that the first time." All right, the what? dude, who, the dude who they cut open. Yeah, it's his tattoo. Wait, what? The guy who they cut open? It's his tattoo. She didn't have it, the tattoo going in? Nope. Maybe Gina Rodriguez got it. Well, <laughs> the movie, the gift she that keeps on giving. Oh, oh Chase, Chase, I got you oh, on because... Dude, what does the I water mean, mean, man? The water is my biggest question. Oh, the, the water end. is your biggest question? Oh, well, let's, start from the, let's start from the beginning. Right, right. We want to talk metaphor. What was the difference thing that you got going in? 
Because you said overall. The first time I was like, oh, it's a movie about suicide and change. And then the second movie, I'm like, oh, shit, this is about cancer. And this is what Mother did for religion that Annihilation does for cancer. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm an idiot. Cancer comes up like four times. Yes, it does. Is an... A real rep- representation right. of cancer. Thousand percent. It's the cancer comes back at the end. Suspiciously glossed over in certain points. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Like the fact that Jennifer Jason Lee's character has cancer is so briefly mentioned, mm-hmm. considering like and that's what I love. Vital to her character. One thousand percent. I said we split it up into two parts. Some people want an alien movie. Some people want the metaphors. We cover the alien then the metaphors. Sounds okay. Good. I for me this alien I thought it was genius because there's this, in his interview he says. We always see the same aliens. They look like this. Yes. They want to attack to do whatever. And he brought up a really good point. He's like, practically, they do things that humans would do. But what if this alien was different? And what I loved about it is that by the end of it, right, some people are going to think that the form that it takes, the humanoid, that's what it's called. Yo, mm-hmm. is this will blow your mind. I, I saw it in the IMDb. Her med student, you know, in the beginning when she's talking to the to her mm-hmm. students and she's saying, you guys are going to be the future or whatever. And she's yeah. talking about cancer also. Yeah, Sorry exactly. Answer. Uh, one of the students, and I know the budget wasn't that low. One of the students also plays the humanoid thing that mimics her. Add that to your theory of why of why they would get the same of one of her medical students and what you may see there in subtext. But I thought that was cool. Some people okay. are going to think that the alien, that's its figure. It's not. This is what blew my mind. The whole movie's telling you, right? It starts off self split. Mm-hmm. Cells split, cells split, cells split. Mm-hmm. They get into this place. It's the opposite. Cells come together. Cells mm-hmm. come together. It wants to be one. Mm-hmm. This thing isn't like a regular being. This thing is like the big bang that fell and is just trying to figure out how to evolve. It does not doing it on purpose. It's not doing it to kill. It's not good or bad. It's just trying to evolve. And mm-hmm. eventually it, it realizes survival of the fittest, how to evolve. Doing My the theory. Exactly, the mirroring. My theory my theory is that it gets Oscar Isaac. Kills him, as we see. A really good thing to know. Uh, your boy, Oscar Isaac, he's uh, super scruffy, the one who kills himself. Because mm-hmm. some people have been saying, how do we know which one's the clone? Well, the clone's the one that's super clean mm-hmm. and chilled. And then he teleports to the house. Because mm-hmm. we can see it teleports. Why is it teleporting? Then it hit me the second time. It's teleporting over there to bring her back on purpose it wants to bring natalie portman back natalie portman mimics the exact same journey hits the same exact spots oscar isaac comes in to get to the same exact spot and then it destroys itself people think that oh natalie portman no 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 no. that tattoo is the snake eating itself the snake eats itself and it kills itself to become a brand new person this organism realized what it needed to do it brings Natalie Portman in. Doesn't make a clone. It lets the original Natalie Portman out because the original Natalie Portman already has the shimmer in her. She now is the alibi for this entire place to go down in flames and burn and they think it's completely over. But then these two now get to have a kid and it's learned the new way to evolve and it goes on. That's my alien theory. Yeah, this is like like <laughs> low-key invasion of the body snatchers. Almost. Under the skin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, if you have a different one, let me know. That was my thing. Oh, I mean, yeah, you kind of touched on it. I mean, I knew it was the whole thing of, like, like you said, they, from the beginning, like, Natalie Portman's intro, besides the interrogations, like, look at these cells, how yeah. they're dividing. Yeah. And then, as you said, they're forming together in the, in the shimmer. I'm like, okay, so I'm thinking opposites. 
I loved. I recognized it the first time, but I'm still trying to figure out. I was like, what? "How are they at her house right now? Like in the shimmer?" I'm like, "In the shimmer, insane. they're in yeah. her house." I'm like, "I'm like, how? What?" And then I'm thinking, "This is a film where even though they explain some things because they're scientists to figure out, it still leaves that side where they still have things they can't explain, where it's refracting memories." Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. "Is the bear a refraction of Shepard?" Because the because the keychain, wasn't there a bear keychain that they take after? And they're like, oh, she's dead. And they like grab this little bear keychain that was probably the daughter from the daughter of Shepard. Hmm. Okay. I didn't even think of that. I was thinking of the tattoo because my boy uh, can't, uh, Oscar Isaac has a tattoo of a bear. That's another one. On his <laughs> chest. I didn't even think about that. I didn't yeah. even think of the necklace. Could yeah, be. So, I don't know. That's true. That's the thing. There's, hey. I wait to see it a third time. Like, that's <laughs> what I'm saying, dude. It's just, there's, there's things that I still don't know. Right. But I, like we were saying... I know for a fact Alex Garland knows, so that's why I'm okay with it, as opposed to someone, I'll just say, like a like a like an art student that mm-hmm. I encounter at school where, like, they just throw something at you, and they're like, it means this. I'm like, no, no it doesn't. It. <laughs> no, I want to zoom the conversation out for, for a second, though, because, like, these all are really cool details, but uh, we're, you know, revealing some of these details to each other. We didn't all catch these. Uh, do you feel like the movie does a good enough job of giving you enough that you have that piece at the end, that you have that material to chew on? Yes. Or is it really necessary to see this more than once? Yes. I think it's absolutely necessary to see more than once, yeah. for sure. I think it depends on the type of person you are. You yeah, are. it depends on the type of viewer you are. Because mm-hmm. the second viewer, I was kind of pissed off a little bit, because like, from the second start, you hear one guy on the back, and it just did not stop. I'm like, yo, there is a bear attack going on right now. This man's still going like... I'm like, how are you sleeping through this shit right now? He the revenue. It's whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think it depends on how willing you are to engage with it. Yeah, I don't I mean, say you about like anything. An attentive viewer. It's not like these things are are yeah. thrown out at you. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people went in like, oh, I can't wait to see the the zombie bear movie. Yeah. And this is not the zombie bear it's movie. Not, it's yeah. just a completely different thing. It's not. People like have said it's like a horror movie. In the shimmer kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of people said it's like a horror movie. I think it's not a horror movie at all. It's just. It, it has like it's a pure science fiction that's similar to a horror movie. Like it. Yeah, it, it almost has that like alien. We're gonna eliminate everybody one by one construction, but there's there's more to it than that. True. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean to answer your question, I think it just depends on the type of viewer you are, and I think the trailers mm-hmm. to blame to that a little bit because it does come off as a horror film and it's not. But if you go in there and you start paying attention. Because some people won't pay attention to the details because they're not mm-hmm. caring for details. They're caring for a big monster. But if you're watching, you're paying attention, then you realize, okay, there's certain things here. What's her name gets a bruise in her arm? Mm-hmm. That's exactly That's the where tattoo. the tattoo is about to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, the little things where they bring up about how everyone is damaged. Uh, well, obviously, what's her name? Natalie Portman's a lying, thieving adulterer at heart. You got mm-hmm. the other girl who's got cancer. You got one who cuts herself. You got one who's an addict and one who literally says when my daughter died i died as well mm-hmm. they're all damaged goods as she says and uh listening to what alex garland has had to say about the movie and i there's watching it again i real because alex garland literally tells you what it's about he's like it's about self-destruction mm-hmm. so someone yeah. said he's like so is it cancer and he's like yes that's a form of self-destruction someone said is it about cheating he's like yes that's a form of self-destruction then you watch the movie and the woman straight up tells her uh, it's like, you're confusing suicide with self-destruction. We don't all yeah. commit suicide, but we all self-destruct. And that's where I see this metaphor. The shimmer 
literally reflects. And he's already, he's like, he's practically said this. You can find it in his interviews. The shimmer reflects, and this is technically the journey of a woman who's cheated, who goes into a literal reflection, goes in there to fix her wrongs, and at the end has to come face to face with herself and find a way to overcome it because of the wrong that she's done. For me, Natalie Portman's whole thing is about marriage. It's a broken marriage. You're right. It's cancer. and even at the end, the, sh- the shimmer self-destructs a bit as well. Exactly. I think it's the, it's the perfect movie when it comes to, like, if you're suffering from cancer, you're going to go in there and you're going to pick up on all the cancer bits from every, every single person. If, mm-hmm. you're a, if you're someone who's lost a loved one, you're going to connect. If, the, if any of the other characters were main characters, you would have a different theme. I mean, I think the final two shots of this movie are a good summation for kind of, like, how I feel about... Uh, the way that you should approach it like the the subtlety of like there's the shimmer in their pupils Mm -hmm. you know you have to really if you're if you're just looking and kind of thinking blankly oh they're showing them hugging like you're not going to get this movie but if you if Mm. you see in their eyes there's something wrong then you'll get what's going on you'll you'll be paying attention to the details that you need to to see where this is like a really smart really thoughtful sci-fi uh that, that is you know it's not just generally about genetic mutations like there's Mm -hmm. a there's a theme there oscar isaac just always shimmers in my mind so i just saw it as no mind it was a special effect (laughs) uh what other theory did you have though other theory or like just details what are the details Details? that you catch yeah what do you what do you think of the water at the end Oh, okay, so the water at the end uh if you remember she starts off by telling uh all the cells cells multiply Mm -hmm. from two to four to Mm -hmm. eight to to, mm. to to whatever the song that literally plays their song mm. uh the i'm forgetting what it's called helplessly yeah, whatever i know what you're, i know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. remember the verse mm. the, the yeah. literal verse whenever they're together they it starts when they're saying it's like they are two together or they are two they are three together they are four mm. each other it's a mm. this is where i go that to me her Journey is about marriage. It's a whole self-reflection on marriage and how she mm. decided to self-destruct her marriage, as the uh, that the the psychologist tells her. Um, which I thought was genius. The psychologist was the recruiter mm. <laughs> for whatever reason. Then you realize, oh, that's why it's because it's almost like a death trap. And she literally screened people who were willing to go in, and Oscar Isaac was willing to go in. Because he got cheated on. This man said I'd rather go to Afghanistan than stay at <laughs> home with my wife. So when he hears about this place, he's like, sign me up. Sends him in there, right? And and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. So it's, this is literally a metaphor for what happens when people are willing to self-destruct themselves. And Alex Garland pretty much brought up, he was like, yeah, the thing is, he's like, I know people who have the most perfect lives and they decide to to do something that hurts them for whatever reason. And when she asks, when she confronts, when Natalie Portman confronts the therapist and she's like, yo, uh, why did you let him in? And the therapist just looks at him. He's like, oh, you know, some of us uh, mess up. Some of us mess up our jobs. Some of us mess up our marriage. (laughs) 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 I straight up just calling her out. I'm like, Maybe the least subtle moment in a subtle movie. Exactly. So I'm like, there's definitely that metaphor of, our own tendencies and how they kill the, how they kill themselves. Because her biggest concern has always been about the physical. She's like, yeah, God makes mistakes. Our, our our body themselves, you know, we age and it's like killing. It's killing ourselves. And then yeah. she gets and hit with that I think in all metaphor. those ways, it's not derivative of under the skin. It's just maybe visually a little derivative. Oh, yeah, visually when it comes to the end, most definitely. Uh, mm. 
one thing I, I thought was cool, she's reading that book. Mm. And the book was The Immortal Life of H something. Obviously, I write that down. I go home. It's about the woman who had what was called the immortal molecules, whatever it was. And they, mm. I thought it was a fake book. I was like, oh, this is terrible what they did to this woman. Turns out it's real. They straight up just like <laughs> jacked her DNA and it helped heal polio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, we're in 2018. There's a really good um, Radio Lab podcast about uh-huh. her story. So that's the book that she's reading and it's about how they took that and she died. <laughs> she died because they took that from her. But her death in 2018, mm. Aiden was suffering from polio. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, okay, little little, little hint right there. Mm. I thought, um, I don't know if you guys have another one while I look through uh, on anything that I have here. I'm trying to think of like, a, I knew I had, I didn't write anything down. That was a problem. <laughs> I know there are like two other like little things mm-hmm. that I'm trying to think of. Uh, Do you remember when she checks her, her blood? I started seeing this because someone had yeah. mentioned uh, pay attention to the score whenever the strumming comes in. So I was like paying mm-hmm. attention to when things happened. Uh, I truly believe that the shimmer is a metaphor for self-reflection because the moment they enter, that's the first time you see her reflecting on her che- on mm-hmm. herself cheating. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's an interesting note that we get that title card for the shimmer and before we even see them, mm-hmm. we get that flashback of them exactly. cheating. And it occurred to me in the moment, like they could have put that flashback before the no, title card, but it doesn't fit the theme. There's another scene. Remember when she checks her own blood? Now that's going to be super cheesy, but if I'm lying, I'm dying. With a moment, she starts introspectively looking at herself. The next time we see the flashback is when she's literally observing her blood. She, she, plucks herself she looks at the blood and we get the other flashback she's literally looking at herself yeah. and dissecting the mistake she made and that's when we get that flashback where she she pretty much tells the guy um i don't want to be with you which i thought had one of the most <laughs> ba lines you know what mm-hmm. you just hit yourself yes i do but i also hate you too i was like yeah. <laughs> that shit was badass <laughs> i agree uh no i think i think you're right when it comes to the details there's a lot of things there you don't even know 10 years from now some you're going to get some yeah. designer's going to come out and be like, oh, yeah, by the way. It's a way. Cloverfield movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Chase is really high on this uh, art. Are you as high? Or are you going to say that this is one of the better sci-fis that we've had in the last decade? I wasn't going to say it with my first viewing, but like I said, I respect Alex Garland. And I like a movie that the more I study it, he, Chase keeps bringing up a great point. The movie we always talk about is Enemy. You don't yeah. understand enemy completely, but when you watch the movie, when I first saw the movie, I just experienced it and I went, yo, but like, why do I feel like this? Mm-hmm. And someone could have told me, did you like that movie? I would have said yes. And then they said, but what does this mean? And I would have been like, dude, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> does that make me an idiot? Or did I just need to actually study it and realize? And when I figured it out, I was like, the movie visually hit me before I even knew why. It hit a part of my subconscious that I didn't even know why. <laughs> and if you know Enemy, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone, mm. I was just like, that Another is one of my favorites. That is so scary. Yeah. Because then it made me go, is that a problem I have? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely rare that you get a movie that is so rewarding yeah. on uh, further rewatches. And mm-hmm. I think that there is enough there on that first watch to be intrigued. Like, I don't know if I left the theater 
fully satisfied, knowing, feeling like I knew everything. But watch it again. I, I felt like I had enough that I was able to piece things together and feel like there was a really interesting story there, and it was a great experience. So I, I, I do want to watch it again, and uh, obviously from the two of you, it's held up on repeat viewings. Sure, I'm going round three tomorrow. I'm waiting for Netflix to move to soon. UK and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, do we want do we want to touch on that briefly? Uh, is it a shame that our our international brethren aren't going to get to see this on the big screen? Of course, but it's also losing so much money. So it's like, okay, I see why from like the business point of view, mm-hmm. but at the same time, from like, I mean, if I was British, I'd be pretty pissed. <laughs> yeah, I'd be mad too. But it's, it's like it's yeah. It makes, it, yeah. I mean, it's it's a sucky way to look at it, but it's true. The movie would still be losing money. Look at look at Blade Runner twenty forty nine. A lot of people love it. Y'all yeah, don't love it enough to see it multiple times in theaters. You know <laughs> what I mean? I, yeah. Like that movie. Yeah, you don't. You know what I'm talking about? So people in the UK are upset, but there's not enough people in the UK who are upset mm. that it really would have made a difference. It yeah, sucks, it, but ultimately, it just comes down to dollars and cents. And if they don't think the dollars are there to make sense of it, it's not going to happen. Anyway, we should move on to our final segment of the week. New to see. We'll keep Chase on to preview the weekend with us. Starting with what's new in theaters. March 2nd, we're getting Red Sparrow, directed by Francis Lawrence, who directed Hunger Games' Mockingjay. Uh, This one is another time he's uh, (laughs) working with Jennifer Lawrence in the lead role, doing a Russian accent of some kind. Also, Joel Edgerton <laughs> and Mary Louise Parker are in this one. Have either of you guys seen this? What? Red Sparrow? Oh, Red Sparrow? No. No. Absolutely not. Not yet. Uh, Death Wish, the new Eli Roth movie with Bruce Willis, Elizabeth Shue, Vincent D'Onofrio, and Dean Norris at theaters, as well as Foxtrot. It's the Israeli mm-hmm. contender for Best Foreign Film mm-hmm. at the Oscars. It didn't get nominated, but it received excellent reviews. Yep. Those are out in theaters this weekend. New to streaming, it's almost March, which means a whole new crop of movies and TV on the streaming services. Netflix on March 1st is getting such titles as 300, Adventureland, Casino, Cruel Intentions, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Ghostbusters, Moon, which I'm going to have to rewatch to get the taste of mute out my mouth, (laughs) Up in the Air, and Wet Hot American Summer. Hulu is getting Dirty Dancing, Kingpin, Stuart Little, the best foreign Dope. language Oscar nominee, The Square, James Bond movies like Die Another Day and GoldenEye, and Young Adult. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> HBO, Go, HBO Go is getting 1971's The Beguiled, if you uh, wanted to check back on the original. Also, the first three diehards, The French Connection, Hannibal, The Last Boy Scout, Observe and Report, and Where the Wild Things Are. I need to catch up with that. Uh, it's maybe the only Spike Jones movie oh, I haven't real? seen. Yeah, read the book. It's better. <laughs> Prime Video, Amelie, Jeff lives. To, Jeff who lives at home. More James Bond movies like For Your Eyes Only and On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And Art, you ready for this? Tip me, Valerian boy. and the City of yeah. a Thousand oh, Planets. It bro, is we t- on Prime bro, Video. Bro, we talking, we talking sci-fi. It's Valerian. It's a thousand cities. Then Annihilation. <laughs> um, is it actually good? No. Oh. <laughs> I keep saying it is, though. <laughs> All right, I'm going to check it out. Someone saw it's my I, favorite movie that I haven't seen. Look, it's, it's, <laughs> like a, it's like a dumb guilty pleasure. I don't think it's terrible. I had fun watching it, mainly because it was like half-price margaritas that day. But I've been recommending it to people. Like, I put it in my top list, and people watched it. <laughs> and they, they asked me for their money back. 
Oh, that's so funny. Uh, Finally, new to VOD, February 27th, the day this podcast is dropping, Murder on the Orient Express, <laughs> as well as two Oscar-nominated movies, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Dope. Coco. So Dope. you can catch up with a couple potential Oscar winners on VOD starting mm -hmm. February 27th. That's all that's coming new, so let's get to the picks for the week. Chase, do you have a recommendation for the Intercut audience? Annihilation, so mm -hmm. it makes a little bit of money. <laughs> but uh, I also rewatched Funny Games this past week, so oh, if you haven't one? seen oh, that, which one? Yeah, you have to. Uh, the original. I still haven't okay. seen the American one, but uh, oh, yeah, it's one of my favorite movies, hands down. Uh, Henneke has said, if you finish the movie, you're just a fucked up individual, and I've seen it like three times, so I don't know what that yeah, says. Yeah, no, but you are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. It's probably like my favorite horror film. Uh, yeah, so if you haven't seen that, crazy. it's a random recommendation, but you should check that out. Awesome. Oh. Uh, Art, what should people check out? Uh, I got two for you in theaters. If you want to go see Annihilation because you want a Thinking Man's movie, definitely go see that. If you have even heard that Annihilation is not for you, it's not going to be for you. I'm going to tell you right. It's just not. I'm going to be straight yeah. up honest with you. It is not. I have sat with enough audience members who don't like it. Go watch Black Panther again if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, but if you don't care for Black Panther because it's a Marvel movie and it automatically has to be bad in your eyes, Annihilation. If you're poor... <laughs> And you live in the UK, you can see Annihilation at home. <laughs> I'm sorry. But... In, uh, in four years. <laughs> every, everything Sucks uh, is, is a good TV show that I yeah. enjoyed. I liked it. Watch Everything Sucks. It's on, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned the new movies that are arriving to Netflix on March 1st. One of them is Moon. I definitely want to rewatch that one because, as I have mentioned at the top of the show, like... When that movie came out in 2009, I was really blown away by it. Mm -hmm. It's a great example of just the the amount you can do with a contained location and contained cast and just how tense you can make such a small situation like that. Uh, Duncan Jones made a really, really great movie. Did not make a great follow-up to that one. So uh, check out Moon if you have Netflix. That's all, though, for this week's show. You can catch more from us all over the interwebs. Chase, where can people catch more from you? Uh, you can friend me on Facebook at Chase Azarian. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the... Do you know how to plug Chillin' with Chase? Uh, yeah, you can uh, check that out on Podbean and iTunes. Getting the YouTube go. thing set up soon. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, post one a day. Haven't posted one in five days, so we're playing catch up. <laughs> uh, I, have, I have just an episode explaining that coming, but uh, yeah. I guess that's it. Sweet. Back, back on the grind game for mm -hmm. sure. So expect some more. He knows awesome. what he wants to do with his channel now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you can follow more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, at ZShevich, or on Instagram, also at ZShevich. And check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Multiplex Show, where I will have my predictions for this year's Oscars up this week. Art, it's the A to Z show. You. you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the YouTube. Uh, I'm just trolling over there, doing doing stuff. Uh, but as always, if you don't want to catch me by myself because you think I'm just too boring, or you want to see more more vanilla with me, you can catch both of our partners over here on the Intercut Podcast. <laughs> yeah, you can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever podcatcher you mm -hmm. use. Make sure to subscribe to it there and subscribe to it here on our YouTube channel where you can see our bright and shining faces every Tuesday where we'll be uploading new episodes. Also, like our Facebook, follow our Twitter, 
Follow our Instagram. It's all at Intercut Pod. It's easy to remember. It's free. You'll get updates from us throughout the week. Stay still. <laughs> Sit still free. Yeah. So do it while you can. Thanks again for tuning in to the Intercut. And until next time, remember, Twitter is a free platform for you to use. <laughs> My camera died at the end, so you're just going to have to zoom in on your face. <laughs> <laughs>